Welcome to the Odds Makers Podcast, presented by Superbook Sports. The line starts here as we take you behind the counter for an all-access look at the biggest events in sports. Through the minds of career Las Vegas odds makers, Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Want the very best in odds boosts, promotions, and contests? Download the Superbook Sports app. Follow us at Superbook Sports on social media and head to Superbook.com. Superbook.com today. Now let's jump behind the counter and talk with the odds makers before we get our wagers down. Here's your MC, Jonathan Von Tobel. Welcome in another edition of the Odds Makers Podcast presented by Superbook Sports. Jonathan Von Tobel, Jay Cornegay, and John Murray both here. We've got a full deck, and I think the whole crew is here, right, John? No, I, we're waiting on Mike Rigg, our producer. Oh. Where Where is Mike? I think he's, is he still home? I don't know. He's uh, supposed you, to be. John Hoagland, do you know anything about this? He's on vacation in October. Where Where is he? Portugal. Portugal, Portugal like Portugal. the country, as, as opposed to what other Portugal wow. would there be? Ah, I you guess, can get uh, a perm here. Actually, you don't have to go to Portugal to get a perm. I got to talk and see if I can transfer to marketing because they obviously pay pretty well. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's start the show, John. Well, speaking of marketing, I'm, I'm uh, of course, uh, contracted to say you can always follow us on social media at Superbook Sports or at Superbook.com to stay on top of all the latest odds, boosts, and promos. But we get to the week that was. In football, both college and pro, how was the last weekend for you guys here at Superbook? Saturday was good. Sunday got off to a great start. Packers, Giants, Giants upset them. And we were all texting each other, oh, that was a pretty good win, pretty good start. And then next thing you know, the Panthers showed up or didn't show up. Cowboys, uh, everybody was on the Cowboys. We lost all the late games and gave everything back. Ended up being a small lose uh, on Sunday. But Saturday was pretty good so friday was pretty good too we would have been better off if uh if john harbaugh hadn't kicked that field goal to go up 16 to 10 <laughs> i mean we we needed baltimore to cover that last game and john i don't i don't get it i i i just don't understand fourth and one why can't you just run a quarterback sweep with lamar jackson and just win the game right there yeah so to set up the, for those who don't remember ravens have a fourth and one uh on the cincinnati three they take a delay a game and said to elect to kick a field goal at that point they were up 13 10 that makes it 16 to 10 i agree with you john I, I don't think a lot of people really understand the fragile nature of a six-point lead it is not what you think it is and the second you give up a touchdown you are in danger of course going down one nothing uh, in that spot, which I think is exactly what happened <laughs> to the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. Oh, the, the Bengals went right down the field and scored a touchdown. And I know that I know that the Ravens have Justin Tucker, and and I know that it was likely that they get back down the field and score a field goal, and that's exactly what they did. Tucker made a winning field goal as time expired, but was that really easier for them than just gaining a yard when they were all the way down at the three yard line and going up by ten? I, I don't believe that to be the case. You could almost see it coming. Yeah, you, you could, could see, see it. it. I mean, even when they were deciding on taking that penalty, that brought them back a little bit. You could just see that it was going to happen. That yep, Cincinnati's going to go back down there. You know, of course, they're going to loosen up the defense, prevent defense. We used to always say, you know, prevent defenses prevent us from cashing, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. They went all the way down. Up by luckily, six, a prevent luckily, defense. Yeah. Up by six. Just laid back and let them come, you know, yeah. come down bit by bit. I blame us. Brutal. You know, we are we are so like, – all we do is micromanage these coaches from an analysis standpoint, mm-hmm. and we get after them for their mm-hmm. decisions. And uh, Harbaugh, I think he doesn't know what to do anymore. I, I think he is getting so beat down with some of his decisions, whether it's going for two at the end of games or these fourth downs, much like Staley, and he's now – he's gun shy. Doesn't know when to do it anymore. I'm going to keep doing that. I, I'm going to keep sitting on my couch. Like, that was the night game, so I was at my house. I'm going to keep sitting there and just tweeting but snarky comments about – NFL coaches that are way smarter than me. Well, I was gonna say, but you're generally pro 
like you tend to your your snarky tweets tend to fall more on the side of pro analytics and going for to I, going I'm not smart enough to know anything about analytics. I'm just thinking about what I'd be doing. Like I always think about it like this: If I was the other team, what would I want them to do? Right. If I had, if I was betting on the Bengals, or I played for the Bengals, or was coaching the Bengals, I would be praying that Baltimore would kick a field goal there to go up sixteen to ten. That's GB. all. That's the only way I look at it. Yeah. Long time ago, we said that uh, you know all coaches, whether it's college or pro, need a bookmaker right next to them during the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, there's guys that can really speak some logic to some of these decisions. And, you know, think it out a little bit more. And we're not talking about the spread. We're talking about winning the game because some of these guys are, I'm not sure where they're getting their advice from or that it's just a, you know, something that they do independently on their own. I know being a Bronco fan, I don't know what's going on over there, but they, had somebody, it, it's yeah, they, they can't make decisions <laughs> there. So. You think Nathaniel Hackett needs help? I don't know. He seems to have everything kind of under control. Well, uh, we will get to the Broncos because they do have a Monday night game and we cover all of the primetime games here, but let's use that as a natural jumping off point. We're talking about the Ravens. John, they're on the road. They're yeah. taking on the New York Giants. This is a really fascinating game. So your guys look ahead. Baltimore, six-point favorite with a total of 43.5. That's a look ahead at Superbook. You reopened it Sunday. Baltimore minus 5.5 with a total of 43.5. And, and currently, as we're talking about this game, Superbook 5.5 with a total of 45. Mm-hmm. And while we're talking about the Ravens, I think the story here is the Giants, right? The Giants off to a 4-1 start. But if you look at every single metric in the world, it would tell you that is a somewhat fraudulent four and one start for the New York Giants. Well, they got a lot of guys hurt too. You yep. know, they're not only four and one, but they're winning games with backup players in there. You know, I was doing a show on Sunday morning with your good friend Adam Hill. Yes. And he was tell- talking about all these players that were on the field for the Giants. I've never heard of any of them because I don't play fantasy football. <laughs> I, I finally stopped him. I was like, Adam, I've never heard of any of these people. I don't know. I don't know who these guys are. I think this game on Sunday could be a dose of reality for the New York Giants. They're, they're playing a very good Baltimore team. Baltimore is banged up as well. But Baltimore is a much better team. And we have had guys that we respect lay four and a half and lay five on Baltimore in this game. This could be a get-right game for the Ravens as long as they don't kick uh, you know, right. 14-yard field goals. Yeah, it looks like the Sharps and the public on the Ravens here. We actually made a line. We asked uh, Somebody asked us on Twitter what would the line be between the Raiders 1-4 and four, and the Giants 4-1 and one, on a neutral field. You got a number? I'd say Raiders minus 2. Raiders 4. Okay. The Raiders yeah. are definitely yeah. favored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there's, sure. n- there's no doubt, yeah, which sure. we got, you know. Some flack for that, but we always that's, get that's flack. reality. You you always no matter what you say on Twitter, you get flack from some guy. Usually with like no picture. <laughs> not, right. not that I have my picture. On it's that, always though. first name, bunch of yeah. numbers. That's how it goes. You're an idiot. Like, well, that's your opinion, sir. I went out and yeah. donated all of my clothes. Like, you're a moron. What are you going to wear now? Yeah, <laughs> it's like when I poke fun when I poke fun at Murray, I get a lot of likes. Yeah, though. right. That's true. So it's a t- I, tough crowd out there. A lot of very smart people. Of course. On and those injuries, by the way, that John mentioned, we should know. Marcus Williams, your safety place on injured reserve. Dislocated wrist, which sounds terribly painful. Uh, Rashad Bateman, Justin Houston, Ben Cleveland. Uh, that's a wide receiver, a linebacker, and a guard all dealing with injuries as well. So we'll see if that's going to happen for that standpoint. And a market low of four and a half. So I was not the respected guys that you're talking about, Jay, but I got in on the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens at a cheap price. So I'm pulling for it. Got that closing line value trophy 
uh, that I'm actually not really cashed a lot this year. Uh, all right, <laughs> we're, we're going to flag him. Are we not going to flag yeah, him? We already have John's account flagged. That's removed. Okay, yeah. oh, of course. All right, Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. John, we'll go to you again here. I'm fascinated by this uh, yeah. when it comes to where the power rating is for Buffalo. Look ahead for you guys. Buffalo minus two, then reopen Sunday. Buffalo minus two and a half with a total of 53 and a half. Uh, as we sit here right now, Buffalo two and a half at the Superbook with a total of, well, we got it in front of me, 54. So a high scoring affair between these two. This is the best game of the NFL regular season. Yep. I mean, these are the two best teams in the league, the two highest power rated teams in the league. The winner of this game certainly has the inside track to be the one seed. Not necessarily going to be the one seed, but they'll have a big leg up on, on getting that home field advantage. It's tough for me to picture Kansas City going up to Buffalo in January and beating them. Very sharp money on Kansas City. We had a guy at the Superbook at the Lodge in Blackhawk, Colorado. He took plus three. We had a guy this morning here at the Westgate Las Vegas take plus three, minus 120. Moved us to two and a half. We'll probably use two and a half in the Super Contest because of that bet. The, the look-ahead numbers on this game, it was more like a pick. Until, you know, Kansas City, they, they, they struggled a little bit. Kansas City could have easily lost on Monday night to the Raiders. I know that was a tough spot for them between the Buccaneers game and this game on Sunday. It was a bad spot, but they could have lost that game. Buffalo's the highest power-rated team in the league, and you see that yeah. with them being favored in Arrowhead. They are the team that's considered the best in the NFL, but they haven't been able to win in Kansas City yet. Uh, so it should be an awesome game. Tons of volume. The two best players in the league are the two opposing quarterbacks and the two best teams in the NFL going at it. And sharp guys are on Kansas City, John. So how often, this is my question for you, you mentioned you three minus 120 uh, on the, uh, uh, was it the underdog side there. In a matchup like this, where we're talking about two of the powers in a respective conference floating around a field goal, you won't really see a minus three, like minus 110, really, will you? Uh, you might. I mean, I know, uh, I know some of the books, like South Point, they won't use juice other than 10. You might see that again. I do think the public is going to be on Buffalo, so I wouldn't be surprised to see it push back up to three, but it looks like early in the week, really sharp accounts are on Kansas City. So you're going to see that fight all week as you see the number go back and forth between two and a half and three. Yeah, I was surprised they, the Sharps laid it to, took the three minus $1.20. Right. It makes sense that they took plus three at even money, but then again, they hit it at uh, minus 120. We're back down to two and a half. And yes, we do expect the public money to be on Buffalo here, but uh, Chiefs will get their support. This game reminds me of a game, was it a couple of years ago when we, was it the Chiefs and Rams that just went back and forth? When they were in Mexico like, City, yeah, right? When they were in Mexico, that Mexico City game. That's what I expect to see with this game, just going up and down a little bit. Totals 54. Has that moved at all? I'm not sure. So but, yeah, I got uh, my screen right in front of me. Uh, you guys are at 54 right now as yeah. we're talking about it. All right. So can I ask, I'll, I'll ask a general question, last one of this, because this is really an incredible game. Jay, you've talked about this before when you've had you on the Sunday show and I do local every once in a while. Everybody always wants to know the Sharps are on, but they don't realize it's certain numbers. Correct. Will they take two and a half, or is it just the three that you think the Sharps are going to play this game? I think they're going to just take the three. I think okay. they're going to sit and be patient all week and see if the public drives it back up to three, which they might, but I, I really anticipate to keep it two and a half. I mean, it's really difficult to predict, but if it does pop up to three again, I see the Sharps hopping on that again. So will this game or Sunday night football as an individual game have a higher handle? I think the, I night, think, the night game. Uh, the, the, so the night game? You think the night game? This, yeah. this week's night game? I, I, always, I almost always pick the night game, John, because, yeah. uh, because there's nothing else going against it. Usually yeah. when they have these really premium afternoon games, they like clear the deck out and there's like maybe one or two other games. 
But the, the night game, I'd be surprised because that's a really good Sunday night game too. Three total right. games. So they're going up against Carolina, Los Angeles, and then Arizona, Seattle. Which, by the way, we got news today. It looks like that's actually going to kick off at like two thirty. They had to move the kickoff time potentially. Mm-hmm. So why is that? Uh, it had something to do with the Astros series. Oh, oh. yeah. Okay. So it, it depends on if the Astros are going to sweep, and if they do, then or if you, if they don't, then they have to move the kickoff time back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I th- about that. So it's it's close because Bills Kansas City is such a great game, and this could be changed a little bit if you had some big house players come in with really large bets. But I'd be surprised if it outwrote the Sunday night game because the Sunday night game is in prime time by itself. And it's also a really good game. Yes. Yep. It's not a lousy Sunday night game like the one we get next Sunday night. Well, it's like the Monday night game. I don't think it's going to outhandle. Or I think it's going. The Bills and Chiefs should outhandle the Broncos and uh, Chargers. But mm-hmm. uh, because it's a great game and isolated game, Cowboys and Eagles probably will handle just a little bit more. But I can see the Bills Chiefs, you know, out. Uh, what about that Thursday it. game, Jay? Do you think that's Thursday game between Thursday the Redskins game. and Bears? I got that uh, DVR all yeah, set that's up a big for one. that one. That's a big matchup. I, uh, I can't wait. I'm going to yeah. tease. Uh, that's, what Amazon, Let's go. Uh, that's what Amazon spent $100 billion on. There it is. Well, you know the conspiracy theory, right? Amazon actually spent money on Thursday so they could get terrible games so that people would back out of the Thursday game and see everything they can watch and actually watch everything else that Amazon has to offer instead of Thursday Night Football. If that's the theory, they picked a really good game because <laughs> they, they certainly did their homework with that with this doozy we get on Thursday you know, Night You Football. hit the back button and you're like, oh, look, the boys. Yeah. I'll watch that instead yeah. of Thursday Night Football. The What's the boys? <laughs> Ever watch the boys? No. Oh, good show. Good show. Really? It's like it's a superhero show, but it's a much darker and realistic version mm-hmm. of it, like corporatized superheroes that are going to join. The, uh, we're, we're going to there's too much good stuff on TV. Jay and I talk about this a lot. It's, you can't keep... There's so much stuff on. I don't even know what it all is. I like right. that more realistic uh, superhero stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. even know what that is. Oh, got me there. When your superheroes have drug problems, things like that. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. Oh, sounds uh, great. Uh, all right, so well, let's uh, let's transition then to that Sunday night game. Jay, Dallas Cowboys on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Early action has looked like what up to this point? It's uh, fluctuated at the very beginning, going five and a half, six. It was going back and forth. Uh, eventually, sharp guys kind of won out and... Um, Laid the five, five and a half. So a little surprised at that, um, especially after that performance by the Cowboys. But the Eagles are, are very solid. I think they were very fortunate because that was a down spot for them against the Cardinals this week. I think uh, they'll have their A game going on against Dallas uh, Sunday night. But a high volume game, as we said, isolated. But I expect the, the Eagles to get uh, public money, and I expect them to get the sharp money like they've already had. So, John, you mentioned the Bills are the highest-rated team in, yes, in the sir. NFL. Where do the Eagles fall in that ranking? they got to be number one in the NFC right now. Yep. I think I'd put them ahead of Tampa Bay. San Francisco sure. is very good. I don't know what's going on with the Green Bay Packers right now. And, and the Rams are just playing lousy. So, I, Philadelphia, yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to put them, them in Tampa Bay kind of neck and neck. But... Philadelphia is not as highly power rated as Buffalo. They're not as highly power rated as Kansas City. So, right. and, and the reason I ask that is because I think this line's pretty interesting. Jay, you mentioned the Sharps kind of won out. They were laying the five, five and a half, and it's kind of a dead number. Doesn't mean that much that you can lay that, but I think it's pretty fascinating that you're floating around the five, five and a half because that doesn't really signify. It's like what a four point difference if you're accounting for one and a half points of home field advantage. What I'm getting at is the Cowboys seem to have been upped in terms of their rating by the market given the success that they have had recently. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we, we saw it last week, um, but uh, I was going to ask John where he thought the Cowboys uh, rated in the power mm-hmm. rankings because it's an interesting story there. You know, with uh, you know uh, Rush and, and uh, Dak and that situation there, they played so well. That defense played tremendous. I really thought the, the Rams actually had a good spot there. That was a desperation so spot there. They were 2-2, two and two, 
and the Cowboys were not at full strength, and they just came in. It wasn't even a contest. I mean, they they dominated the entire game. So we'll see, though. They had a they had a defensive touchdown early in the game. Yep. I think they blocked a field goal or a punt, a punt, I believe. So it was a little bit of a misleading score. I don't want to take anything away from their defense. Dallas's front, you can't block those guys. They might have the best front in the league right now, but Dallas couldn't do anything offensively in that game. So if they get into a game on Sunday night where they've got to trade scores with Philadelphia, they might get blown out. And as soon as we open this game on Sunday, we had sharp guys laying the points with the Eagles. So Mm -hmm. that is, to me, very telling that maybe we have adjusted Dallas too much. Yeah, I think it went back and forth, though, didn't it? It went five and a half, six. We, we had some sharps that took the six, mm-hmm. but eventually they just kept on pounding the sharps and pounding five, five and a half, which yes. kind of makes sense what John is saying because the Cowboys did struggle offensively in that game. And the, the Eagles' front line on both sides of the ball, right there in the top of the league. Their, their, their offensive line, defensive line rank right up there in the top five, both ends. Are you guys seeing more more sharper groups willing to take six is that becoming a little bit more of a key number in the nfl with the, the kicks teams going for two more often things of that nature i haven't really noticed that no. i haven't noticed that yet i know what you're saying yeah uh, that would make sense uh, the, the the key numbers are becoming less key with all these two-point conversions but no or failed I, two-point I, I, conversions. nothing, two-point nothing conversion. to the point where it's notable not least, yet right? yeah, okay. i mean but like look at that raiders game on monday night i mean they had mm-hmm. the Kansas City went for two to make it a nine-point game. They didn't get it. Seven-point game. Raiders score a touchdown, and they go for two to take that. I mean, you didn't see that a few years ago. Yep. So the key numbers are becoming less and less vital. Denver Broncos on the road against the L.A. Chargers. That's the Monday night game. Russell Wilson. Man, not going well. Hmm. Broncos country. Let's ride. Are they going to ride this week? <laughs> are they going to ride on Monday night? What's the action look like so far, Jay? Yeah, I saw a headline this week. They're going to let Russell play. I mean, you know, first it was a ride, cook. Now he's going to let them, they're going to let him play. Right. Okay, so I'm glad that they got really him out downgrading of it. downgrading it. Got him out oh, of really? yeah. It's yeah. like, ugh. One day next, time they're gonna, next week they'll let him dress for the game. Yeah, <laughs> so nauseating. I mean, come right. on. We opened six and a half, and you know, it was pounded down. Surprisingly, they bet the Broncos there. The market it just yeah. came right down. I wouldn't categorize that as sharp play. It just the market was just, uh, I guess, restructuring this game and going all the way down to five. So. Very light handle so far in this game, so not a lot to report. Like I said, it wasn't really sharp play that adjusted the market, but we know what everybody's going to do. We know what the money line parlays are going, where they're going to be. We know where the teasers are going to be. It's all going to be on the charger side, and I figured this is going to probably be a pretty lopsided game, and I think it will go back up to six. We again, we opened up six and a half, down to five. It's got to go back up. Hopefully, Russ rides yeah. for you, Jay. Or slides, or cooks, or <laughs> dresses. That was plays. That Thursday night game was one of those that was so oh. bad it turned the spectrum to good, right? Like it went so far in the other direction uh, that I couldn't stop watching. It was yeah. kind of great, right Matt, right? Matt Ryan was so bad in that game; oh, yeah. it was fascinating. Well, that's what they said. I think the announcer said that that this game is so bad it's good, right? Yeah. And well, one of them agreed; the other one didn't. But uh, it was kind of like that for me. It was just so right. bad. It was like watching this train wreck, and it's like, well. That's like a bad movie. You know, I'm, you know, speaking of watching movies, we watch Those are my favorite movies. Yeah, I mean, it was really, like, it's like so two for bad, the money is so I, bad that I love it. I got to figure out how movie. he gets out of this box. I don't know. <laughs> Did you see, uh, speaking of that Thursday night game, Indianapolis ties the game. Mm-hmm. I think, or no, they, I guess they took the lead. And then Denver, yeah, Denver yeah. goes right down the field. They let Russ get out of the pocket. They move the receivers around, and they just went boom, 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 boom. And you're sitting there going, why haven't they been doing that the whole game? Prevent defense. And then as soon as they got down to the goal line, 
their play calling down there was so bad. Yep. They, they, they gave the game away. Unbelievably bad coaching in the NFL. I think the decision-making, the coaching is as bad as I can ever remember it being. Yeah, well, when they lined up in a shotgun formation, oh. when it was fourth and one, they didn't need to score. They had fourth and one, like whatever it was from the three or four-yard line or whatever. You knew they weren't going to score. Yeah. I mean, there was no play action. There was no misdirection. There's nobody in motion. It was like such a vanilla 101 call. We're in shotgun formation. He sat back there and had plenty of time. Actually, Hamler, their um, third receiver, was wide open, and yep. he totally missed him. The joke is that they actually ran a similar like pick kind of play like they ran in the Super Bowl, that Wilson is just so scared to throw it, though, after getting intercepted at the goal line of the Super Bowl mm. that he never throws it. That was like seven years ago. <laughs> Scars, man. <laughs> of course. It comes back to haunt you. You got to turn the page, John. Rumors are he doesn't even run it in practice. Wow, yeah. mm. I don't. I, that's that's. So you're, you're making. You're just making yeah. fake. Uh, that is, yeah, just throwing stuff right. at the wall. Throwing okay. stuff at the shouldn't, wall. Probably shouldn't do that. It's time for the big ticket. Hey, John. Any tickets make you do a double take this week at the Superbook? Other than all the bets we took on the Dodgers last night, Jay. Okay. I mean, my God. I mean, how many people want to come into the Superbook and bet the Dodgers? Feel free to take your business elsewhere. Uh, we're doing <laughs> just Kansas City. I would say some yep. sharp players uh, taking that plus three. Jay mentioned they took plus three even. They took plus three 20. I do think by the time the game kicks off, we'll need Kansas City because I think the public is going to be on Buffalo. But uh, so far, some really big bets on the Chiefs. Would that shape the way that you're going to put up the line for the Super Contest this weekend, John? Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Yeah, you get you get betters like that, betters like the people that have bet us Kansas City. It 100% will be part of that. We'll have that conversation here. What numbers are we going to put out for the Super Contest? And absolutely, we will talk about who bet what, at what number do they bet it at, where do we think it's going to close, and that's how we'll decide what numbers to use. So from a Super Contest standpoint... Nice and transition. Standings. Yeah, that's what we do here. That's where they pay me the big bucks. Yes. Let's get an update on the ultimate football handicapping challenge. Hey guys, what's shaking in your Super Contest this week? Super contest update from a standings, uh, when you look at it, I think we have, what, three entries at the top of the leaderboard, 21 correct selections out of 25. That's uh, it's pretty darn good at this portion of the season, I would say. I'm very solid, and that's going to end our second three-week contest here. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't then place. Our first I didn't end, place, guys. Just you didn't. How many people have 21, John? Uh, I've got in front of me, I think three was the number oh, I had in front of me. That's good. You know yep. that we don't pay fiddle in the middle, right? No. No, I know. Okay. What's, what's your hey, right? I've placed in one of your six-week contests, yeah, okay? I am okay. a man that is... And I least, saw you on the leaderboard a couple uh, weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, I've been on the leaderboard once, yeah. and I have actually twice because I placed in any, any contest. I think that Thank was you, the Carson social... Once. I think that was the social media guy, like Louie, having fun with you, though. Yeah. Like, why would they use you? You were like... Uh, you, yeah. were like you were a nobody. You were right down there. I will... I will say over and over again, right. uh, I thought it was hilarious that I somehow popped yeah. up there. It was I think ridiculous. that was Louie, man. Look at <laughs> Ten and five, and they're like, throw this guy up there. Put him in. I, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of sensitive. I thought I uh, I was pissed that I didn't go four and one in my contest last week. Yep. I, I felt like the Redskins they get the pass interference call in the end zone, and then it was yeah. like send in the worst goal line plays you could ever come up with, and we'll try to run those, and we'll see if we can score. And it didn't work. Uh, I agree. I was on. I was on oh. those guys as well. We we'll oh, call them the fo- football the team. Football team. Yeah, the Sorry. football team. That's a much better name, mm. by the way. Uh, no, I was there. So Carson Wentz burns me yet again. Also, uh, I was in on the Rams too. I thought uh, that was the time where the Dallas Cowboys star was going to fall. So two, mm. two, and one last mm. week for me. Just scuffling along. But I hear it's a marathon, not a sprint. It is. There's still like how many more weeks of this is there? Uh, let's see. This was week five. Math says twelve more weeks. I think it's thirteen. No, 13? it's thirteen. Oh wow. Yeah. 
But my plus math one. isn't great yet. 13 plus more one, weeks yeah. of this, huh? Oh, that's right, 12 plus wow. one. Wow, okay. Yeah. All right, so from there, we go to the Super Contest update. Let's transition college football. We'll get to baseball because I know Jay does want to talk a little baseball as well before we get out of here. Let's go to the top of the list. Jay, Penn State and Michigan. This is going to be a morning game. Superbook open was Michigan at minus seven with a total of 52. Anything early here? Well, it went up to seven and a half, and then we finally, well, the market actually fluctuated right up to uh, above uh, seven, and then it came right back, and we saw some sharp money take Penn State. Two undefeated teams, I don't know. I mean, Michigan was really obviously flat against uh, Indiana last week, especially the first half, and they came back and, and, and pounded them when, when they got down to business. But uh, I think it's going to be like a hockey game. I think it's going to be like whoever scores first, because when uh, Michigan gets that lead, their pass rush is tremendous and forces that other team to to um, you know pass the ball. I think it's going to be really key to see who wins that first quarter, first quarter and a half, and, and takes the lead because Penn State's been relying on their rushing attack, and if they can't rush the ball, even though Clifford's been pretty decent, I think that um, it's going to force them into some uncomfortable situations with that defensive line from Michigan. So pretty good game, though. Very solid game. Early start, though. Yeah. 9 a.m. our time. That's the yeah. big noon Saturday game. Oh. Yeah. What big a terrible country. name that is. The yeah, really. Fox Big Noon Saturday. And what does that even mean? Uh, that is a good game, though. That's a good nickname, Big Noon. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you could start it at a 10 and just call it the Big Ten start, right? Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Big Jeremiah. Ten Saturday. That's much better. Um, also, can I just say, so we've talked about some wake-up calls for some NFL teams. I think this is a wake-up call for Michigan because their schedule has stunk, and they have not looked as dominant as some of those final scores indicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the worst team they played by an EPA per play standpoint? Colorado State. I don't know if you're familiar with them. 128th nope. in the country. Uh, hasn't nice. really been great. Never um, heard of them. Really? 128. <laughs> yeah. That must be horrible. Just a classless comment. <laughs> Terrible school. <laughs> All right, move on. Uh, hey. SEC country. So I actually, I have a great question about this, but first we'll update the numbers. Alabama Crimson Tide against the Tennessee Volunteers. John, Superbook open. Alabama minus seven with a total of 65 and a half. Anything yeah. update-wise here? Everybody's on Tennessee. You know, it's it's very interesting bet game this week. Tennessee, super popular dog. They're plus seven and a half right now. Very one-sided action on that game. And it's so weird to see that. It's weird to see Alabama laying less than 10 points against anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't care where the game is. But, you know, Alabama, Alabama loses to Texas if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt. Correct. And mm-hmm. Alabama could have lost on Saturday night to a middle-of-the-road Texas A&M team. So there are certainly people are not having much confidence in the tide. We got a Superbook team going to that game to promote the Superbook in Tennessee. I can't go. Again, the marketing guys, you know, they're in Portugal, they're in they're in Knoxville. We've got three smiles out here. Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so see, I didn't get the note for that. Is that yeah. just because oh, yeah, I'm no, new? The, mar- the marketing guys are going. There. Well, one of them's in Portugal. I guess the guy who's not in Portugal is gonna. They're gonna go to the. Wow, game. they're gonna go from <laughs> Portugal. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, we're we're just here, you know, running the little old sports book. Uh, we just we picked the wrong department, Jay. <laughs> the face of the, the face of Superbook, and yet right. uh, literally the faces of the Superbook uh, on the Osbakers yes. podcast. Well, Portugal to Knoxville, nice. Yeah, so, it must be nice. Is that a direct mm. flight? I think so. Lisbon did no. Okay, uh, well, I don't know. Let me ask this. <laughs> so obviously, I think part of the, the question here is obviously the status of Bryce Young. Right, he doesn't play last week. Jalen Moreau, who's really athletic, super raw though, um, yes. looks okay, but commits five turnover worthy plays, puts the ball on the turf a bunch, wasn't awesome. I heard I like. A lot of podcasts. And I heard on a college football podcast when they talked about the open for this number, mm-hmm. Vegas knows that Bryce Young is probably going to play. Somebody out there knows. That's why this number is where it's at. So tell me, guys, is Bryce Young playing this weekend? Do you know? 
You have to, right? That's we don't know. I have no idea. Really. No, oh, okay. I think we. <laughs> no, okay. I think we think Sorry. he's going to play. No, I, no, I just I you love built this all up. No, because that's my point yeah. though. Is that there? Uh, there's a lot of the times where the market, like you guys, hang up these numbers and these are up there. A lot mm-hmm. of people assume, oh, Vegas knows something. What, reality, what show was that? Because uh, you're making fun of their voice too. I don't make fun of them. We said like Vegas. No, like what show was? Because well, a lot of people say that it's actually okay. a really good podcast. <laughs> okay, uh, but they were throwing out there that Vegas knows something. And right. that's why this number is where it's at. I think the expectation is that he's going to play. I right. mean, th- this this game will be – you'll know very early on how this is going to go. If Tennessee's offense can just move the ball at will like they have all season, Alabama's in a lot of trouble. Yep. But if Alabama gets them into some second and long, third and longs, they've got the defense uh, – they've got the Tennessee offense moving backwards, this could be a blowout for the Tide. Yeah, yeah. My it's going to be decided by that. I mean, Alabama over the years is just I mean, these type of games when they start doubting the Crimson Tide, yes. they just rise to the occasion. They rock. I mean, especially I mean, looking at this, it's like all the public action is on Tennessee, a hundred percent. I don't even know if we got a straight bet on Alabama. We have at this one. Point. I look. I just looked at it really? before it came out. We have one. One, one straight bet. One brave soul. Uh, is betting on <laughs> Alabama. They haven't had a lot of success recently. What number so. did you get, JB? <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't put that evil on me. I actually think right. Tennessee's got a life here. All right, Oklahoma State uh, at TCU. Uh, I mean, they look two twenty-five pro, uh, top twenty-five programs. Big Twelve lead on the line here. I would assume, John, that this is just action out the wazoo. A lot of bets here. Not yet. I, I know. Oh. I know. I know what you're doing here, John. You're mm-hmm. setting me up because you heard me say before the show that I was upset. I had to talk about this game because no one's bet it yet. That's right. But uh, no, not yet. I do think there will be, though. You know what? Here's the, here's the problem this game falls into. This is such a good Saturday of college football. Mm-hmm. This is by far the best Saturday of the season, not even close. And that game is getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. But these are two good teams. They're two teams that can move the ball. They can score. They're both very well coached. Uh, I do think we'll get uh, some decent handle on this game. Nothing yet. Yeah. I was surprised. And I think when you get there, it will be. Mainly because the market does, like, Betters like to support the teams that treat them well, mm-hmm. and TCU is a team that has covered every game but one, and that one game was a push against Kansas. Mm-hmm. So figured that, that was, was a great game. That was, that was incredible. That was a great. That was a great college football game with the quarterback going down, the backup played great. Jason was, Bean, Jason great name. Bean. He's going. Yeah. He'll be uh, going this week in Norman too. Yeah. Not to be confused with Justin Bean, former Utah State forward. Just to throw that out there in case you were I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that second person in my life. I don't know. He was a good guy. Double double dude. Mid range. Yeah, Yeah, mid range jumper. All right. Pac 12. Jay, USC Trojans at Utah. A disappointing performance against UCLA for Utah, and USC continues to roll. They are undefeated. Well, we opened four, down to three and a half. No sharp play at all. A lot of GP on USC. I've already heard it a couple of times. How can the number seven team in the country be three and a half point underdog to number 20? This is the first ranked opponent for USC. Right. I mean, they've kind of breezed through this thing. And I think this Utah team is very gutsy. I, I, I love Rising. I think Cam Rising is just, he's a lot of fun to watch. This is a big game for Utah, I, more so than USC. I think they're trying to try to make a statement here. I just see USC uh, falling into a trap here because of uh, record-wise, uh, defensive-wise, uh, Utah has got a stronger, I believe, a stronger defense than USC. But um not a lot of action right now. No sharp play. What else, John? I don't even remember. Well, I think when, when USC played Oregon State, we thought Oregon State was a lot better than they are. Mm-hmm. And now that we look back on that game, it's like, well, maybe USC being life and death in Corvallis wasn't that excusable. And I, I agree with Jay. I'm rooting for USC because of Caleb Williams, John. You know that. Yes. But I, I think this is uh, going to be a very tough spot for the Trojans on Saturday against 
a Utah team that if you'd asked me last week who the best team in the Pac-12 is, I definitely would have said Utah. I still think they might be. It's hard to say that after what happened on Saturday, but I still think they're as good as any team in the conference, and I think this is a real bad spot for the Trojans. Yeah, tell of two different schedules. You know, Utah lost that first game against Florida, which they could have won. Sure. A great back-and-forth game. Two red game. zone turnovers. And yeah. then that UCLA team is kind of underrated. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're playing really well, so they, you know, I, I don't think you can – you know, knock them for you know losing to that UCLA team last week. So we got a lot of futures live, and this is UCLA why you. Jack. Yeah, this is why. Yeah, I saw that. But Pac-12, I would assume. No, sir. Oh, really? Uh, Championship, huh? To win, to win the national. I don't think that's really possible. But I've said that before. Right. Well, I mean, it's possible that they get to the the dance potentially, but uh, we know yeah. what happens to three and four seeds when they get to the. Is it still considered a, a big dance when it's four teams? What, is a shindig lower than right. a dance? Is that like? Is know. that better? Oh, well, to the t- either way they get Shin to the dig. table. Yeah, see, it's a they good got, one. Yeah, seat at the table. They could. They <laughs> yeah. could. I mean, the, okay. These teams in the Pac-12, they could be the fourth team. I think it's probably going to be Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and someone. Mm-hmm. So before we get out of here, a quick transition. Baseball postseason is underway. Jay, I know you wanted to mention uh, what was going on with the baseball postseason because there are some interesting liabilities that are being reported out there. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you guys looking at from a liability standpoint in the well, big picture? Yeah, we we have tremendous uh, amount of liability connected to Seattle. Let's see. I think they were like 300 to one or something at one point in time. And then the Padres have been getting support all season long. And then, of course, when the big trade happened, uh, they just poured right in. So, But I talked to a few other operators that are kind of in the same situation as us. A lot of liability on um, the Mariners and uh, Padres around town. And, of course, we know we have one of those big betters out there from Houston that, um, you know, uh, kind of reshaped uh, somebody else's future book. But... Uh, that's something that I, I know that you wanted to talk about. Hey, well, here's the thing. Is, is he a better? So we're talking about Mattress Mac. And Mattress Mac, this is because every time I go down this path, I get, he's a great guy. Like, yes, he's probably a very great man. He does a lot of stuff for his community. I understand that. But he is being reported as a better, and he's being treated as a better, when in reality, it is part of a promotion. If you go to his store, you purchase Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, or Sealy Mattress. I didn't look this up. Sleep set price to $3,000 or more. And if the Houston Astros win it all in 2022, your purchase is free. He's hedging his promotion. But didn't he make? Is. Didn't he make a big bet on the Super Bowl in the Kentucky Derby? Uh, I believe that was. I think one of those was at least tied to a promotion as well. So. Yeah. I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. So you don't like Mattress Mac? No, I, I, I like Mattress Mac, the guy. I just right. think that he should have stop being Ma- referred you to Mattress as a Mac? better. No, I've seen a lot of videos. It seems like okay. a great guy. I've met him a couple times. If you like what you hear, take a second to like, rate, and subscribe, of course, and enjoy the games, everybody. We'll be back next week here on the Oddsmakers Podcast presented by Superbook Sports. Locked into the Oddsmakers Podcast. The Oddsmakers Podcast. Presented by Superbook Sports. Featuring Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and Jonathan Bontoy. Hit our subscribe button. Rate, review, and never miss out on weekly behind-the-counter access to the biggest events in sports. The Oddsmakers Podcast is a production of Green Roll Media. Green Roll Media. The world's premier sports betting podcast network.